Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program. How can you spot a market and know whether it's going up, staying the same, or going down? And then what does that mean to you? Today, we'll talk about market analysis on the Real Estate Guys radio program. Are you ready to profit in paradise? Hi, it's Robert Helms. And if you think real estate investing means tenants, toilets, and termites, think again. Located just a short plane ride from the U.S., a virtually untouched paradise awaits. The beautiful country of Belize. When you go to Belize with the Real Estate Guys, you'll spend four fabulous days discovering one of the most intriguing real estate markets I've ever seen. With its jungle rainforests, pristine beaches, and 81-degree turquoise water, Belize is one of the most beautiful places on Earth. Plus, it's considered one of the top seven tax havens in the world. And why U.S. real estate continues to drop, Belize property is on the rise, and many experts think the best is yet to come. But don't just take my word for it. Come experience Belize firsthand at our upcoming investor field trip. When you join us, you'll discover the many reasons we love Belize, like tremendously undervalued beachfront land, super low taxes, ease of doing business, and so much more. Get the details at realestateguysradio.com. Just click on events. See paradise for yourself. Click events at realestateguysradio.com, and I'll see you in beautiful Belize. And welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Thanks for tuning into the show today. It's time to meet the guys. First, our co-host, financial strategist, Russell Gray. Hey, Robert. Hey there. And the man we call the godfather of real estate. He's been investing for seven different decades. Bob Helms. Robert, Russ, great to be with you today. You know, we have the opportunity to look at a lot of different real estate markets, up close, far away. We fly there, we visit there, we get to look on the internet and learn about marketplaces. And today we're going to talk about market analysis, arguably one of the most important things to a real estate investor. We like to teach that the first thing you need to have is a personal investment philosophy, a reason that you want real estate to return something for you, whether it's cash flow, whether it's equity, whether it's long-term horizon and retirement, whether it's money right now. What is it that you're looking for real estate to do? And once you figure that out, now you got to find a market, a market that can deliver the kind of performance that you're expecting from real estate. Once you find a market, now your job is to find a great team in that marketplace, and then, and only then, do you search for a property. So before we can even talk about property analysis, we have to talk about market analysis. Yeah, absolutely. Markets have personalities. You know, they behave a certain way. They're made up of people, but they're also made up of businesses, and they're made up of geographic dynamics. You know, you have some markets that have land forever. You have some markets that are really geographically constrained by how much development you can really do. You have other things that have great natural amenities. You know, you may have a beach, or you may have a river, or you may have a strategic location within a bigger picture where it's easy to move goods and services. You may be in close proximity to a border or another large population base. There's a lot of things that can affect a market that give that market its own unique personality. And when you understand what those drivers are and how to look at them and how it affects the value of real estate all the way down to the street level, now you're in a position to say, okay, this market is most likely to give me the kind of financial result I'm seeking based on my personal investment philosophy. Yeah, and at the same time, it isn't enough that I personally knew everything I wanted to know about that market five or six years ago because the dynamic is what? Everything changes. Markets certainly change based on politics, based on circumstances, based on what the world looks like financially, and what the opportunity is, therefore, changes. So you got to be current in your search of the markets. Well, we, I think we've all seen that example in the last few years of markets have changed dramatically and people have been caught up in that. If you weren't watching the market, not only when you got in, but as you held, you were in trouble. We saw a lot of real estate investors get all excited about a market on its way up, buy property, feel great about the equity that was happening to them, and then they kind of just quit paying attention. They didn't look every month. They didn't read those reports that come out. They didn't get on the B site and find out what jobs were doing. They just thought, oh, this is great. And lo and behold, many of those markets turned around and went south fast. And if you're not watching the ship, things can happen quicker than you think in real estate. Well, we had a lot of loose money, obviously, coming out of the beginning of the uh, 2000s and working our way up to 2004, 2005. And a lot of that money was fueling speculation. And speculation has a personality. It changes the ratio between the rents and the price. And, you know, you begin to see that, like the cap rates, you'll see those begin to go down because the prices are coming up. People are paying more for the same level of income. That is the beginning of 
perhaps some speculation in a market. You have a lot of investors buying properties, and there's you have more properties being built, and there are renters coming in. It's like, well, that's not sustainable at some point. You know, if you're buying it just hoping you can sell it to the next guy, but there is an income underneath it. I mean, again, we're talking about rental property especially, right? I mean, you know, rental property is valued by the income it produces. Well, if there isn't upward pressure on the on the income, there's probably not going to be sustainable upward pressure on the pricing. And all of that shows up in the stats if you know what to look for. Well, that's the thing. As we're looking at our real estate markets, our perspective is, hey, we'll pay attention to any market that grabs our attention because of one of the things Russ just talked about. If it looks interesting, we'll go check it out. We'll spend some time researching on the Internet. Then we're going to go there and we're going to sniff around and we're going to meet some people and we're going to get a feel and flavor for the market. And many times we decide, you know, not not now. This is not got all the green flags. Instead, maybe it's a wait and see, maybe it's a no way, or sometimes it is. Sometimes timing is great. But for most folks, they got busy lives. They're out there working on a market or a couple of markets. It's hard to pay attention to it. But more important than ever, today, you find a market that really can deliver that experience you want. If you are a cash flow investor, I need additional cash flow to supplement my lifestyle every month. There are markets that will deliver that. Those markets may be in areas where values are not going to go up, if at all, in the next 10 years. So a different investor would say, well, I'm much more interested in collecting real estate that goes up in value and watch equity happen over time. That's a market I want to be in. I want to escape to where the puck is going. I want to pay attention to jobs and infrastructure and where things are headed. And that's a way to invest. And so that's why it's important that first you start with you. What are you trying to accomplish? What are your goals in real estate? And real estate can deliver all kinds of things. We just spent this last week in a market that is near and dear to our hearts, a market that we like that is very different than a lot of markets. Uh, we've been in the beautiful country of Belize, just had a great field trip and a, a fun time showing people this marketplace. And uh, I made the joke as we're out in the boat, right? We just got off of the reef and we'd been snorkeling and there'd been rays and sharks and all kinds of stuff. And I go, now, is this is this the Belize trip or is this the Memphis trip? <laughs> right. But, but it's so, those two markets are so different. Now, they're both very valid depending on what you're trying to do. So that's why we spend so much time emphasizing who you are as an investor. Yeah, you look at the marketplaces and they offer you different things at different times. One of the things, of course, we all love about real estate is that unlike the stock market, it doesn't change so quickly that you miss it altogether. We say that it moves slowly. However, that's a relative term and you still got to pay attention. I mean, as we look at all these marketplaces right now, there's some sort of, quote, stability. Markets like Memphis, you mentioned, with this segment that we're looking at looks pretty stable. That's now, but you still gotta pay attention. If you're the investor who isn't doing anything yourself, you've got managers running it for you, it's still critical that you're looking over their shoulder, that you're paying attention, that you're looking at the results, and that you're in conversation with the guys on the scene. Well, it's the whole business about how much can you know about a marketplace. So let's take the example, Bob, because I think this is an interesting uh, parallel. Uh, you brokered real estate for a lot of years and were selling real estate in a geographic area. So when I say real estate market to someone who works in, say, a metropolitan statistical area or a zip code, you know, a small area, you think of, oh, this town, that town, this side of the tracks, that side of the tracks, this school district, those kind of things. And on the street level, somebody in that position knows a whole lot more than the investor who interfaces with guys like that in four or five marketplaces. So when we talk about markets, there's a distinction that can be drawn based on who you are in the market. And then what segment of the market you're looking at? Are you looking at residential housing? Are you looking at industrial properties? Are you looking at commercial retail? What piece of the game are you playing? Because one important concept is this. In most markets, those different segments are not always in phase. What do I mean? I mean, some of those markets are accelerating. Other markets are totally saturated, etc. So the piece that you're looking at may be different, but what's important is that you need to find the connection, the information that keeps you up to date. That's such a good point. I remember Russ and I were looking at a commercial building a lot of years ago and had this great commercial agent who was telling us about the market. And then this was at a time when we were still obviously very interested in the residential markets and what was happening, but this was a commercial property we were looking at. And he said, oh, so guys, by the way, how's the residential market here? I really don't keep track. So here we are in a market with a guy who's a top producing agent 
he has no idea what's happening in housing. He's a commercial guy. Right. You know, I was just thinking, too, how we've looked at how, you know, Bob, you made a great point about economic sectors, you know, because we're talking about geographics. We're talking about demographics, which is people. And then we're talking about the economics of it, you know, retail. I mean, retail's gone through a lot, right? I mean, the proliferation of the Internet and online shopping has really changed what it is to be the owner of a retail center, especially the little strip centers, you know, where you're going to get the little retail stores that are used to servicing the community by people being able to stop in and buy something. And now all of a sudden they don't do that as often because they can order online and have it shipped directly to them. And, of course, there's other marketplaces that are huge beneficiaries of all the business that occurs when more shipping happens and the types of jobs that get created there. So, you know, there's a lot of different things to look at in in a market for sure. And because there are so many different things to pay attention to, if you're operating at the transactional level, like this real estate agent you're referring to, there is no way you're going to be able to stay on top of it all. As an investor, you want to have five or six of these guys in your back pocket that are feeding you information specific to the thing they know about. And that gives you the ability to step back and see a little bit of a bigger picture. Right. And when you say five or six guys, I'm assuming that means different people in different marketplaces. You don't want five or six agents in the same marketplace feeding you information. No, but you may have a guy who knows retail, a guy who knows commercial, a guy who knows apartments, a guy who knows residential, and they're all going to give you different facets or different angles on what's happening in the market. You know, the commercial guy is going to know about employment activity. He's going to know about people who are looking to build something big. The guy who's in land is going to know way ahead of the curve where the action is at compared to the guy who's dealing in finished product. And if you're really trying to get what's the trend in a marketplace, you know, you can read the stats. And, of course, a lot of it is great. We live in this age we live in because all that information is so readily available. But there's also a lot of garbage out there, right? How do you know what's good information? How do you know what's bad information? But one of the great ways to test what you're reading is to go into the market and have relationships with people, at least be able to pick up the phone and call somebody and have them say, hey, you know what? That's exactly what's going on right now. We just had a land auction and prices are up 30%. Well, that that means something. You have to know what it means. But when you read it and then you also get it from the street level, you're like, okay, that's two points on the curve and it's pointing in the same direction. We were looking in a tertiary market a few years ago and met a great commercial broker who had just brokered a deal to bring 250,000 square feet online of commercial. So you're thinking, wow, that's great because that tells you that business is coming in. There's also probably jobs involved. Guess how many jobs in 250,000 square feet? Eight. This was a robotic factory for distribution. They had eight employees. It, it mattered to two guys in their fourplexes, and that's about it. So you also have to learn to read between the numbers. And we come back, we're going to talk about where all these great sources of information are, what you're going to be looking for, how you can get your hands on it so that you can become a sophisticated, armed investor and go find that next great real estate market. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Elms. Live nationwide, you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Find out more at realestateguysradio.com. Why is it that in every horror movie, there's a pretty girl who goes into a creepy house and heads down into the scary basement? Nothing good ever happens in the basement. What is she thinking? I feel the same way when I continue to see Americans dump billions into 401ks, IRAs, and mutual funds, even self-directed IRAs. On top of that, they continue to perpetuate the massive U.S. banking system by keeping large deposits at banks and using credit cards and other loans for purchases. Don't they realize what's going to happen? More profit for them and less profit for you. Nothing good ever happens in the basement. Now there's another way. Visit our friends at Paradigm Life by going to www.beerbank.com and learn how to become your own banker today. You already know that Dallas-Fort Worth is one of the strongest real estate markets in the country. Now all you need is a great source for turnkey properties. Great news! Wilson Investment Properties has been providing fully renovated, rented, positive cash flow properties to real estate investors for over 10 years. Founder Tom Wilson is an avid investor himself. With over 200 units of his own, you know he understands what investors need. Contact Tom and his team at 888-510-6838, extension 123, or send an email to wilson at realestateguysradio.com. Hi, this is Garrett Sutton, Rich Dad's advisor. Remember, equity happens, and you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. 
And welcome back to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Thanks so much for tuning in and helping to make our show the most downloaded real estate podcast on iTunes. And we've got a great show today talking about market analysis. How do you find out where a market is, where a market's going, and where it's likely to continue to go in the future? And of course, when we say real estate market, one of the things hopefully you've drawn from our previous discussion today is that the market isn't just geographical. The market is the sector you're investing in. You know, it's just listening to you do that little intro right there where you introduced this segment and you talked about being the number one downloaded show on iTunes. You know, we didn't say that three years ago. Three years ago, we're just on the radio, right? And the radio was the big deal, and radio is still a big deal. A lot of people still listen to the show on the radio. But we've opened up a whole world, literally, of people who would never know who the real estate guys were. I mean, like on the last Summit of Sea, 15 different countries. And then you have all these likes on Facebook and comments coming from all over the globe. And then we do these live events and we meet people like on the field trips, two, three, four different countries, people coming. We would have never been able to reach those people before. And that's not just in our little business here, right? I mean, that's going on in sectors all over the place. And so, yeah, it's a lot bigger than just the geographic. Well, I think that makes such a great point. The fact that the way that people consume information as well as products and services has changed because of technology. The example you gave of retail changing because a lot is point and click today. It's the same thing with every business. And when there's a change of technology, how does that affect real estate? An extreme example, when the one-horse town, the town that had the one big employer, which was the eight-track cassette manufacturer, right? When all of a sudden the technology changed, if they didn't change with the time and move on to CDs and then DVDs and then digital media, if they didn't make that switch, then what happened then, right? The old buggy whip plan is out of business. So you've got to be able to switch and you can switch gears as a real estate investor and say, all right, I can see that a lot of my tenants are working in this industry. When that industry changes, I've got to keep track. So that's what it really boils down to. It's not just about market numbers and population and rent surveys. That's certainly important. But it's what's happening in the industries that are feeding your marketplace. Well, especially if you're in smaller markets or markets that are, you know, not really diverse in terms of their economy. If there is only one major horse in the market or one or two, you know, maybe you buy a few shares of the stock and you listen in on the calls and you read the annual report, maybe even read their 10Q filings, really try to understand what's going on with that company because they're going to signal ahead of time whether they're bullish, whether they're bearish, whether they're hiring, whether they're going to be laying off. And if that company or that industry sector is that important to your geographic territory as far as your properties go, then you're going to want to pay attention to that. Whereas you go into a giant metro like in Atlanta or a Dallas, I mean, there's still major horses in there for sure, but it's so diverse that you can look at some of the macro numbers and be a little bit safer. We tend to like the big markets a little bit better for that exact reason. It's just, it's, it's a little bit more forgiving. There's a lot more people. Here's another thing about big markets. Information is more readily available about big markets. If you're right. trying to find out the latest happenings in a town of 4,500 people, well, that's hard to figure out. No one's doing those reports. You don't have groups you know, generating jobs reports on that little city or town. So what are the things that we look for? Well, to start with, one of the big drivers in a marketplace is population. People are necessary to create value for real estate. People that have homes, people that have jobs, people that vacation, whatever it is people do, that creates value for real estate. And, and so, creates more people. And that too. <laughs> so you have to understand what the market is in terms of its direction. So is population increasing or decreasing? And it's not just number. A very critical component is something we call net migration. So every day in every town, people leave and people come in. At the end of that, on a monthly or annual basis, you want to know, are more people leaving, are more people entering? What is the net migration of people into the area? And obviously, if there are more people coming into a marketplace, there's going to be more demand and stress on real estate and real estate products than if people are leaving. It's not the end-all, be-all, but it's certainly one of the high-level places to start. It definitely has an effect. You know, one of the markets that uh, is in the news all the time for losing people is California, right? California, it's a big market. You wouldn't really call that a real estate market, but it's a geographic region, the state of California. Beautiful. Got some of the best beaches in the world, some of the best real estate, best weather in the world, lots of things to love about California. But for some reason, over the last couple of decades, they've become less and less friendly to business. 
And as a result of that, it's become harder for people to create jobs there. Although it's been fabulous if you're kind of in the higher end, you know, you're either in Hollywood or you're in Silicon Valley and there's a lot of money to be made. And because of the, the, the how developed that area, those major metropolitan areas are, the supply-demand imbalance has priced a lot of people out. So when you look at it, you go, okay, what's happened over the last 20 years? Net, 4 million people have left. 4 million people. That's like four San Franciscos have left. Right. That's, that's a big change. Huge. And then, of course, who are those people? You know, and you look deeper into that stat and you find out those are people, young families, 25 to 45 years old, and children. So young families have been leaving because they've been having a harder time making it. Now, you know, that's not enough information to decide, oh, it's a bad market or it's a good market, but it's telling you something about what's going on, and it kind of opens up the Pandora's box, if you will, and you dig a little deeper and find out more information. Yeah, so net migration is, is a huge one. So population and studying the trends of people. And then within that, which segments of the population are increasing and decreasing as you bring up? If I see that there is a graying of a marketplace, that might spell opportunity. One of the great real estate opportunities today is for assisted living and the needs that people aging have for real estate have changed. It used to be the big ranch home with the big lot. Today, as you get older, you want to have less of that and be closer together and maybe even be in a facility where there's other folks with your same likes and dislikes. That's become a really big real estate product. It could be something as simple as two-story versus one-story. You know, you get older people in there and all of a sudden, you know, where two-story was great when they were in their 30s, 40s, and maybe into their 50s. You get them in their 60s and 70s and those stairs aren't looking so friendly anymore, you know. This weekend, we discovered this very thing as we were learning from the local providers here, the folks in the marketplace that, you know, when this market started, it was mostly little hotel rooms. And then all of a sudden, the one-bedroom, one-bathroom condo became the big thing. We looked at one development that has 40 units that are all one-bedroom, one-bathroom. Then all of a sudden, the two-bedroom became the hot deal we just saw a project a brand new project with 15 units all three bedrooms three bathrooms because again they're studying where the market's going this is a relatively small market we're talking about but you can see that easily and quickly the people in the know are adapting to that this needs to be you as a real estate investor i remember we bought a building once that was 23 studio apartments I usually like to see a better mix than that in apartments, but it was such a great deal. We had to do it. But what we found in our due diligence before we closed is that immediately across the street was a larger, much larger apartment complex that had all one and two bedrooms. So we went over there, talked to the manager, found that the owners were local and said, hey, we've got all studios. You guys got all one bedrooms and two bedrooms. Have you been referring business back and forth with the owners that we're looking to buy from? They said, no, we don't even know who they are. Well, we'd like to suggest that perhaps when someone walks in your door from your advertising, if they if you've got rooms that are too big for them or too expensive, send them our way. And we definitely, because we had better freeway signage, would get people coming in and looking for one-bedroom, two-bedroom, three-bedroom apartments, happy to send them your way. That's a place to play. So if you understand what's happening in the marketplace, that's going to help you make real estate decisions. Absolutely. So it's not just about population. Population is part of it. One of the drive subdrivers in population, of course, is what do they do for a living? So jobs are crucial and industries are crucial as you're studying markets. Yeah, and as you begin to look at a new market, what you're really trying to do is, first of all, understand it. And the question is, how do I do that? There's a lot of data online from the Chamber of Commerce, but what I'm ultimately trying to do is decide if the market makes sense for me, and if it does, I want to put in place a local team. So where am I going with that? That local team, to the extent that I can identify people who are candidates for the team up front, is going to feed me the most of that information that I want. If we're in a bigger MSA, I've got more people to choose from, but what I'd always like to have are people that are the best. Does that mean the individual best? No, it means the best in the marketplace at what they do at their understanding and getting people who can give me what I need to make decisions, who can help me facilitate my investment plans and goals. Okay, so you mentioned the Chamber of Commerce. That can be a great source of information. Think about what Chamber of Commerce does. Their primary mission is to attract businesses. So they're going to have a lot of great information in their packet to attract businesses. But it's aimed at that. It's not aimed at real estate investing. It's not aimed at residential. It's not aimed at even creating jobs. It's cre- they want to create jobs, but it's aimed at attracting businesses. That's great information. We're talking about jobs. One of the greatest resources in the world is one you're already paying for. So if you don't know about it, you should be using it. It's 
the Bureau of Labor Statistics. BLS.gov is not necessarily a user-friendly site, but if you'll study it and play around with it, you'll find there's some great information there. Here's what's great about it. You can find out what's happening in any marketplace in terms of the direction of the number of jobs by industry. So one of the things we like in real estate markets, all things being equal, Russ already said we like bigger markets. True, easier to find out information, more stable. Another thing we like is diverse markets, markets where there's not just a single industry or a couple of industries where you see diversity. And that's one of the great ways to find out through the BLS site who exactly is working and where in the in the uh, marketplace. Yeah, and we've you know obviously gotten a little bit more conservative over the last several years. And part of that has been looking for jobs that are really geographically linked dependent upon the geography. It could be the location. It could be a major amenity. Uh, it could be major infrastructure that would be very difficult to replace, like an airport or a major freeway system, uh, major medical infrastructure. You know, you talked about the graying of America in particular, and there's certain areas. Uh, you've got the environment that the jurisdiction creates, and usually it's the state. States can create a jurisdiction or an environment that is actually more favorable towards attracting businesses. Coming back, Bob, to your comment about the Chamber of Commerce, if that's a competitive advantage, the Chamber knows it, and they're going into the market competing and comparing themselves to other markets. And so, you know, you can learn from them what the other market strengths and weaknesses are, and uh, I think the Chamber of Commerce is a great resource. So once you are looking at jobs and you understand what the industries are, then you start paying attention to those industries. If I'm in an industry where, say, hospitality is a big deal, then I want to start studying the hospitality industry. And every major industry has resources, online resources, magazines, places you can go to understand what the trends are in their marketplaces. We're talking today about market analysis and what you can do to find the right real estate market to suit your investor criteria. We've got lots more when we come back, plus a chance to win a prize when we play Real Estate Trivia up next. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Real estate investment advice right in your mailbox. Sign up for the free Real Estate Guys newsletter at realestateguysradio.com. Live where you want to live, but invest where the numbers make sense. Even better, invest where you have a solid team to support you. We've been hearing great things about Memphis, Tennessee, and Terry Kerr from Mid-South Homebuyers. Since 2002, Terry and his team have been delivering turnkey rental property solutions ideal for out-of-area real estate investors. So if you're looking for affordable, trouble-free, turnkey investment property, call Terry. Use our resource hotline at 888-510-6838, extension 118. That's 888-510-6838, extension 118. Or find them in the resources area of our website at realestateguysradio.com. Is investors survey the country for markets and properties that will perform well for them over the next five to 10 years. One market in particular stands out. That's Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta was the second fastest growing MSA throughout the last decade. It's home to the world's busiest airport and has one of the highest concentrations of Fortune 500 companies in the country. Atlanta is expected to add 100,000 new people every year for the next 10 years. And just next year alone, Atlanta is predicted to add over 50,000 new jobs. Now, what if I told you you could buy fully renovated, leased, and cash-flowing investment properties in this market for half a replacement cost? That's right, three- and four-bedroom homes in good suburban neighborhoods that can be purchased completely renovated for seventy dollars to $90,000. At Georgia Residential Partners, this is exactly what we do. We've been helping investors all over the country make solid real estate purchases in Atlanta for almost seven years. Call us today at 770-924-5450 or check us out online at gainvesting.com. Hi, this is Lawrence Yoon, Chief Economist with National Association of Realtors, and you are listening to The Real Estate Guys. Welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. We're right here in the middle of the summer talking about market analysis. Before we get back to that, I wanted to remind you that we're going to be headed out to Las Vegas, Nevada for the amazing Freedom Fest coming up July 11th through 14th. Join us along with Steve Forbes, Mark Victor Hansen, G. Edward Griffin, Robert Kiyosaki, and a whole bunch of great speakers. You can find out more at freedomfest.com. When you register, make sure you check The Real Estate Guys under How Did You Hear About Us? And we'll see you at Freedom Fest. Hey, it's time to give away a copy of Equity Happens, our book on real estate investing, which can be yours if you can answer today's real estate trivia question. In just a moment, I'll give you a question that has something to do with real estate. When you know the answer or want to take a guess, simply send us an email to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. 
trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Include your name and mailing address so we can send you your book autographed by the authors. Last week on the show, here was our question. Which metropolitan statistical area has the greatest percentage of homes in foreclosure? The answer, Riverside, San Bernardino, Ontario, California, where one in 213 homes is in foreclosure. Now, that's the greatest percentage of homes. In actual numbers, it's the 14th most foreclosures in the nation. Here's our trivia question for this week. A lot more interesting than foreclosures and because it's summer. Here's our question. In which country was the bikini invented? Yeah, which country invented the bikini? If you know or want to guess, quickly send that to us to trivia at realestateguysradio.com along with your name and mailing address. One copy of the book goes to the first person with the right guess. Then we'll have a drawing for all the correct guesses for another copy of the book. That way, if you listen on the podcast, you can still win. That's today's real estate trivia question. We're talking today about market analysis. How can you analyze where a market is and where it's going? And before we had our break for trivia, uh, we were talking about jobs and how to find out which industries are maybe hot in a marketplace. And, you know, there's a lot of places you can look to find information about industries. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, we may not be stock investors. We may not favor putting your money uh, into the volatility of Wall Street. But you know what? There's a lot of great research available on industries, on sectors, on companies, on employers that are put out there by people that are trying to sell stocks. So you don't completely distance yourself from all of the conventional sources of information from conventional investing, right? A lot of that stuff is very useful. I mean, even some of the theories like asset allocation and all of that when you're developing your personal investment philosophy, but when you're getting specific into what's going on in markets and what's affecting the major employers in a marketplace you're interested in, a lot of the stock analysts can provide you great information. Absolutely. So population, obviously huge. Jobs, obviously huge. The next thing to look at is what is the product availability in the marketplace? You've got supply and demand. And as real estate investors, we take those two things together and it gives us something we call absorption. How quickly does a market absorb inventory? For instance, again, talking about the field trip we were just on in Belize, that's a market that is absolutely a seller's market. There is not enough inventory, and there is a mad dash to get more inventory on the market because too many months go where there's no room at the end. We have a hotel that we were going to have the event hosted at, and we learned that even though we had planned to be there for a couple of months, they were having a record-breaking summer, and we get kind of a preferential rate, and they, in a really nice way, asked if we'd move to another property because they were basically full. And we ended up having to split the group up. Happy to do it. In fact, one of the guys we told, I know we told you it was going to be here, but it's here. He's like, that's great. The market's selling out. That's great. And our trip in June is not typically a month that Belize sells out, but many of the resorts we saw were 100% full. And that's a trend that's continuing. So is the marketplace that you're looking at, is it a seller's market? Is it a buyer's market? And more importantly, which direction is it trending? We look at a metric called days on market. How many days on average does it take for a particular property in a segment to sell? And if that's increasing, that tells you something about the market. If it's shortening, that tells you something about the market. Yeah, you opened up that thought with the concept of supply and demand, we always like to break out capacity to pay, which also affects absorption. You know, there's people right now that would like to buy and there isn't new supply coming online, but they can't because they can't get financing. So markets or product types that are very financing dependent. Ironically, the market that we were just in doesn't have financing. So their market hasn't slowed down because of lack of financing where a lot of other markets have. And that's another thing that you just have to understand and pay attention to. So you say, well, supply demand would be how much housing is available or how much product of whatever type is available versus how much demand is it. That's a factor of absorption, but also the capacity for the demand to purchase what they want. Because if you get a, an imbalance between supply and demand that a uh, lack of capacity to pay prevents uh, from people being able to act out on, then what you get is pent up demand. And that can create an opportunity if you can see it coming. Yeah, and if you look at the financing part, people say, well, that really doesn't have to do with the market. Well, I would say it does, and here's why. Lenders who are out there today are absolutely licensed in particular states, and those states only, or they choose to deal only in, say, the top 50 MSAs. Sometimes you look at a real estate market, and because the price of the property is what it is, take a market like Memphis where you can find houses for forty and $50,000, 
the amount of that loan, if you say you put 20% down, is below the minimum that many lenders want to make. So there might be financing available. If you bought a property at $85,000, that's not there when you buy a property at $45,000. So there the market absolutely is impacted by financing. So financing maybe isn't a major thing, but certainly if I'm at one of those price points that matter or the other end, the stuff that's all jumbo, right? A very different place to be in the marketplace. I do want to understand the relevance of financing in the marketplace. I think that's important to when you get back to what segment of the market am I looking for? If I'm going to a place where what I'm trying to buy is a turnkey property with a tenant in it, that's one kind of a business. On the other hand, if I'm trying to get into something at an earlier end stage up, a development, a pre-development stage where it takes longer, where there's more risk involved, my potential profit looks higher, I need to know a lot about it. And if there is no financing, I've got to build that into my picture at the outside. Well, you know, let's just go back. Remember back in the day in Las Vegas, condo hotels. Remember that concept, condo hotel? Sure. Right. We build a condo building, and uh, you buy the condo, and you can stay there. When, when you're not staying there, you can rent it out and operate as part of the hotel. Yeah, the operator is interested in the income. He doesn't care about owning the real estate. The investor says, great, I'll put up the money and buy the real estate. But a big part of putting up the money to buy the real estate was getting financing. Yep. Well, there used to be all kinds of financing available for condo hotels. And so Las Vegas went out and built a bazillion of them. And all of a sudden, one day, lenders woke up and said, we're not doing that anymore. Right completely changed the market. I mean, overnight, it was amazing. And so that's where, Bob, to your point about having a team, it's great having people who know all about the real estate, but you also have to know people, have people on your team who understand all about the financing and are really paying attention. Now, you know, our friend Ken McElroy, right? He, he coming into this uh, downturn, he was very active and they were doing some building. Then all of a sudden, he could see what was happening, and he recognized, you know what, I'm going to concentrate where the financing is going to be. The government is going to continue to subsidize through FHA, Fannie, Freddie. They're going to continue to create financing for these types of apartments. So I'll be able to continue to buy those apartments, even though the market is going away. I'm going to move away from some other things I was doing that was dependent upon financing, which is not likely to continue to be available. So the financing helped move his investment philosophy. All right, so we're talking about supply and demand. We got off on a tangent for financing. Let's get off on another tangent because it's not just having the real estate and having the financing, it's property management. There are changes that happen in tenant landlord law at a very local level that can have a drastic effect Speaking of markets, remember Phoenix? Yes. Right? What happened there is all of a sudden there was a radical overnight shift in the ability for foreigners, really non-residents, to be able to rent apartments and overnight the vacancy rate skyrocketed. Okay, so let's go there for a minute since we're kind of all over the place, right? Bob, you mentioned very early on in the show politics having an effect. And that was the result of policy. A policy got made in Arizona, which was designed to handle their problem, their word, uh, with illegal immigration. And so they wanted to create an environment where they were going to flush some of the illegals out. Well, a lot of those illegals were actually great tenants for people who owned a certain caliber of residential property in that marketplace. And when that law changed, those people literally were moving out in the middle of the night. I mean, they were very afraid for their own well-being, and they were just gone, and it completely changed entire neighborhoods. It's hard to pay attention to all these things, you know, and we're not trying to scare you out of being a real estate investor. We're saying that a lot of the things we're talking about have happened over the last four or five years, and the good news is those types of things happened before in markets. We didn't have the level of information available to us that we have today. So it's actually, in a lot of ways, if you get the lessons, a safer time to be an investor because, A, you have the lesson. B, you have access to the information. You just have to know what you're looking for. And all of this really, at the end of the day, does figure into supply and demand. Financing, and the more financing that's readily available, makes more demand and capacity to pay in a marketplace. What happens in policy? locally can affect the real demand for property. So you need to understand that. And part of the way we track that is a trend of what's happening in terms of the absorption of units, not just for sale, but in the rental market. I want to see what's renting and what is their premium for and where are rents increasing and where are they decreasing and where are rent incentives. All of a sudden it's, you know, move in and get two months for free or move in here and get a free toaster or whatever it is. Some markets have a ton of those incentives. That tells you something about the market. Some do not. 
that tells you another thing. So we're looking at what way are rents trending, what's happening to the amount of rents, what's happening to the vacancy time, what it takes to turn over a unit from the time that one tenant leaves and the next tenant gets there, and how tight are those metrics. Okay, so so now on this, Bob was, talked earlier about how important it is to have your team. We've been talking about team. Who's the first person who's going to know that? It's your property manager, right? Clearly. Your property manager is going to know that right away. By the time you read a report on the internet, it's already three, four, five months old if it's current. And it could be even older than that. Whereas your property manager is going to know right away, like Jay Hartley, right, in Dallas, right? We, we have him on our field trips there. And he has this concept he calls tenant first. And it's just such a cool thing. He goes, look, I know where all the hot areas are. I know where we have a waiting list. I know where there's tenant demand. What I don't have is inventory. If I can get an investor to come in and buy a property in a specific neighborhood, I know I can fill it. I can get a good rent for it, and I can keep it full. Turn times. We're in Atlanta, and they're saying, hey, the average turn time, 30 to 60 days, you know, from the time a property goes vacant till it fills. We're talking to Jay in Dallas, and he's saying, hey, I, sometimes I got to turn these things in 24 hours. Two different markets, two different personalities, two different doesn't mean one is better than the other. They're just different because you you know the cash flows are a little bit harder to put together in Dallas because of that, you know, even though the demand is there, it's hard to find the properties. The properties are in demand, so the price is reacted. So there's all these little factors. But the point is is that if you have your a relationship with a property manager that's got his thumb on the pulse of a particular product type, the kind you're interested in, they can give you indicators of, of where a market is going before anybody else. You're very close to the source. We're talking about analyzing a market from the real estate perspective. When we come back more about that, we'll also tell you how you can get a great giant list of a tremendous resources to find out all this stuff all over the world. This is the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Need help with your real estate investment portfolio? Check out the resources page at realestateguysradio.com. Hi, this is Robert Helms. When it comes to real estate investing, there are lots of terms that get thrown around. Things like cap rate, pro forma, internal rate of return. But there's one term that is arguably the most important, but few if any teach it. Due diligence. That's making sure that what you see is what you get. Now, this is really important when it comes to real estate investing and not just properties and purchase contracts, but also real estate markets and submarkets. The truth is a great market can sometimes save you from a bad property. Of course, you never want to buy a bad property to begin with, but how can you be sure? Obviously, this is a huge topic. That's why it takes a ton of work and two full days to teach it. But this one seminar could literally be worth millions to you over your investing career. So join me in Dallas, Texas on July 20th and 21st for Analyzing Markets and Properties, the Due Diligence Process. In two jam-packed eight-hour days of classes, you'll learn how to research real estate markets and sort out the facts from the fluff. You'll also learn how to go through your purchase contracts, rent rolls, inspections, and reports to make sure the deal itself is solid. Whether you invest in houses, multifamily, retail, office, land, resort, or any other type of real estate, this information is critical for your success. To learn more and sign up today, go to realestateguysradio.com and look under events or send your email request to registration at realestateguysradio.com. This unique training will teach you the places to look, people to meet, and questions to ask. You'll discover the best sources for information and receive a copy of my personal due diligence checklist. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click on events. Hello, this is Robert Kiyosaki. I'm the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And if you're serious about learning how to invest in real estate, listen to the Real Estate Guys. They really know what they're talking about. And welcome back to the Real Estate Guys radio program. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. My goodness, I know I'm learning stuff. I hope you guys are. It's an interesting time to be a real estate investor. You must choose wisely, as they say. When markets are moving and changing, it presents a challenge, but also a great opportunity. You just got to pay better attention. And so we've talked about some of the things today that we're looking for when when it comes to analyzing a market. And there's three times that you analyze a market. There's the analysis you do before you get into a market. There's supposedly the ongoing analysis of the market while you're in it. It makes sense to have your team feeding that to you, and you're also watching the ball when it comes to that stuff. And then, of course, when I look to reposition an asset, if I want to sell a property to move into something else or change markets, I want to study the market I'm going into, but I'm also wanting to study the market that I'm leaving or that I'm selling a property in quite so I can see there what are the trends, what are people expecting, what kind of concessions are being made, what kind of financing is available. Today, there is residential financing available in the apartment space 
Not as much in many of the other commercial sectors. So even though I may have a building to sell on a market, financing may preclude me from selling it right now unless I'm willing to have carry the financing myself. Let's take an example. I'm a guy who operates apartments someplace at some level, hopefully lots of them. And what's my long-term plan to keep doing this? So if I'm in fact ready to relinquish a property and go to another one, I need to know both those marketplaces. If it isn't across the street, then I've got to look at if I'm going somewhere else, how is the timing affected by the difference in the two marketplaces, if indeed there is a difference. So what kind of incentives might I need to give to get this one sold? And what are my sources to know how to look at the next marketplace? In other words, how do I set the time to make this change, not just that I'm ready to make the change? Of course, I look at things from the financial point of view, right? And so to me, I've, if I've got a property there and I've owned it for a number of years in a market and I've got a bunch of equity, um, I'm going to make a decision. Do I do a 1031 exchange and move my equity into a new market and relinquish the property? Or do I think the market I'm leaving is still got some good traction left in it? It's got, it's got a future. Maybe I find a way to refinance or otherwise creatively move my equity into a new market so I can participate in both markets. So my decision to do that is going to be based on my understanding of what's going on in each market and where I think the equity will give me the highest return on investment. You know, we've covered just the basics of what it takes to figure out a marketplace. There is so much more. In fact, when people used to ask us, hey, how is it that you find the markets? Because we had a history of picking the number one appreciating market in America every year, the year before it happened, right? And that became this kind of thing that we did. And it wasn't rocket science. It was science, but it wasn't rocket science. It was easy to figure out. And people say, how do you do that? And the answer came in the form of a two-day workshop that we do called Analyzing Markets and Properties, the Due Diligence Process. And so most people think of due diligence as the work that you do to discover what a property's true value is while you're in escrow before you make the decision to close. We kind of expand due diligence to include that plus the due diligence you do on a marketplace and so really to find it out if you're if you're wanting to find out where the where to go what the sources are what reports to read all the websites that we use to find that data then you owe it to yourself to come to this mega event happening in Dallas Texas right around the corner this workbook should be in the Guinness Book of World Records <laughs> it is so here's the deal if you come to the event and we hope you do what you need to do is you need to bring one extra suitcase empty <laughs> when you come because you're gonna bring it back with this 700 pound book that you're going to stick inside your suitcase and bring back as your resource uh, reference. Yeah, it's a, it's a brick, but it's because there is so much information and there is a today arguably again more than ever, right? Last time we did this event, we've done it several times. Last time we did it was in 2006. We have had requests let's call it pressure, to do this event again every year since. And it just hasn't gotten up the top of the list because I'll tell you what, it is an intense event, two days of just solid content, a lot of information. The workbook's a monster and it's hard to put on. It's hard to sit through because it's a lot of information, but it is arguably the most important thing you will learn as a real estate investor. I think that is one of the reasons you don't get this course anyplace else. Nobody does a course like this. Perhaps they haven't thought of it, if they have thought of it, the complexity of it and the detail would dissuade a lot of people from bothering. But I absolutely agree with you. This is one of the most valuable courses that you've ever done. It'll either make you or save you millions of dollars in your career. And that's really important. You know, I think, Bob, to your point, one of the reasons people don't do it is because really due diligence is what gets in the way of getting a deal closed. So all the people in the transactional food chain really talk about due diligence, but they don't want you to do the due diligence right. because all it's going to do, if once you've decided to get into the deal, it's going to uncover a reason not to do it. Sometimes the deal you don't do, you can make a lot more money on, right? Because it's what you, you don't end up buying a falling knife or catching a falling knife, if you will, buying a problem. Hallelujah. So it's, it's really important to do that. There is really nowhere to go. There's no upsell. There's no back end to this type of an event. But here's the reason why it's important right now. About two years ago, as we started looking at all the different market indicators, we started going, hey guys, it looks like the market's put in a bottom. It looks like uh, things uh, are starting to stabilize. It looks like we've got another three to five years of having an unbelievable convergence of opportunity with super low interest rates, no inventory coming online, growing renter population, low prices where numbers make sense in markets that were previously untouchable. 
people are going to start getting into this market. And you know what? It's going to go from being the, where the professional investors are getting in and where the sophisticated investors are getting in. You're going to start having people who are going, look, I'm sick and tired of getting 1% on my savings. I'm sick and tired of getting whipsawed by the stock market. I'm going to go do real estate because I get real estate. The problem with that is, is you get a bunch of people coming into the market who don't know what they're doing. It's the dumb money, if you will. Now, it's great because you can make a lot of money in any market, right? But that money is going to come in and then it starts to to tweak or pervert the numbers a little bit, and it's easy to get caught up in it. And if you don't know how to do the due diligence, especially on the markets, if you don't know how to do that, you can get caught, and you don't want to get caught. And for two days, you can get an education that will help you recognize something when it's about to happen instead of finding out about it after it's happened to you. <laughs> yeah. You know, picking the right market can make a huge difference. Picking the right property and closing on the right property and not when the indicators are not to there, that can, that can be huge. And putting that all together, it's heavy lifting. It's hard work. But let's face it, it you've got to do some hard work to be a successful real estate investor. Gone are the days where you can just throw money at any market, any property, and make a whole bunch of money and refinance and get it back out and be rich. Those days are over, at least for a long time. So we've got to be more diligent as investors. If you've ever wondered what needs to be done in terms of due diligence in a property or marketplace, you're going to have that question answered way more than you can even imagine at our upcoming event. So we'd love to see you there. Go to our website at realestateguysradio.com, click on events, and you'll see analyzing markets and properties, the due diligence process. Come on out to Dallas, Texas, and uh, have a great time and Work out your muscles carrying the workbook home. You know, it's. I think it's just urgently important. One of the things you got to get, the reason to do due diligence is to make that go, no-go decision. Is this the right deal for me or is this not? If you don't do the homework, you won't know. So what you'll be is the guy that the real estate guys describe when they're talking about someone who hasn't followed their motto. What's their motto? It's education for effective action. If you don't get educated, but you take the action, you are likely to be what we call an unguided missile. You will surely crash and burn. So this is getting around how to do it right and getting around how not to do it wrong. Hey, speaking of market analysis, come see it up close and personal for our next field trip. We're headed to one of our favorite markets, Memphis, Tennessee, at the end of September. And uh, that was filling up nicely, so there's still room for you. We'd love to show you the Memphis market like nobody can. And uh, the field trips, of course, are 100% uh, educational. Nothing gets sold there. Uh, the workbook's not as big, but you're going to learn a ton about the market. You can find out about that and all our other events at our website at realestateguysradio.com. Hey, big thanks to folks at our resource center for helping to make our show possible. Thanks to our engineering team uh, for bringing you the show from wherever we may be traveling in the world. And thanks to you, our listener, go out and tell a friend about the Real Estate Guys. Until next week, go make some equity happen. This episode of the Real Estate Guys radio show is brought to you by Paradigm Life, powerful cash management strategies using life insurance. Learn more at beyourbank.com. Mid-South Home Buyers, low-cost, turnkey cash flow properties in Memphis, Tennessee. Corporate Direct, asset protection strategies for real estate investors from attorney and rich dad advisor Garrett Sutton. Find these and other great companies under the resources tab at realestateguysradio.com. To learn how you can expose your product or service to the Real Estate Guys audience, call 888-489-7723, extension 4. That's 888-489-7723, extension 4. Or use the feedback page at realestateguysradio.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week right here on the Real Estate Guys Radio Show.